welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 183, The Space Museum. My name is John, and joining me every time we think we're ghosts but we're not ghosts we might be ghosts at some point is my good friend taylor taylor hello hey hello i'm, I'm you know i'm told that if if you have ghosts you have everything yes that's what i'm told <laughs> i've heard that have uh, you no <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> how are you sir i am i'm you know and honestly i'm doing all right yeah I'm doing all right we we, we are adjusting to what I think I actually have to refer to as our new normal, which is not normal at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we're we're making do. Yes, we are all making do, and we hope that everyone out there is also staying safe, staying indoors, yeah, doing the social distancing, all that Watching good stuff. Watching some Doctor Who. Watching some Doctor Who. Uh, and if if you you know you're like, oh, where do I watch all the classic Who? Just uh, get Pluto TV, man. Yeah, you don't get to control which which one you watch, but you do get to watch it. Very true, and they got a lot of good stuff on there. It's good. They do good, good times. Uh, they just just put on like the all MST3K channel and just forget the outside world exists. Oh, love Pluto TV. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you guys are doing uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, we're do we're doing all right. Um, you know, uh, it's it's so funny because it's it's like. Every day is full of meetings um, for pretty much everybody but me because I only have <laughs> one a week, really. Right. Um, that could change, though. Somebody could be like, hey, look, I need to talk to you about this this data sheet, this document. Right. Uh, you know, uh, let's hop online and talk about it. Um, but so far, that hasn't happened. Um, but between my kid having to have, you know, daily meeting with his class and my wife having to host uh, daily meeting or math lessons or whatever with her kids or Kobe doing, you know, multiple meetings a day Ooh. Uh, with his team where he works. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. And we've also just gotten word that shelter in place is being extended through the 3rd of May, at least. At yeah. least I'm always saying at least the 3rd of May. Yeah, so man. I'm actually going to, I'm, gonna see uh, if i need anything special i kind of need to run into the office and grab just a few things if if like if i'm gonna be here this long i'm like i need a couple other things on my desk to kind of keep everything moving smoothly so yeah but that's five minutes in five minutes out i'm gone you know like i yeah. know exactly where everything is i know what i need chuck it in a bag and book it out of there absolutely oh yeah, boy we're you got how are you guys doing we are doing all right. Okay. I think uh, the weight of the situation is revealing it's itself heavy. more and more, and it's yep. kind of it's kind of weighing a little bit. But we're yeah. we're doing fine. We're trying to keep keep high spirits over here. Trying to keep busy. Doing a lot of like Skype meetings and mm -hmm. Google Hangouts and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's going it's going all right. We went to the store again today. What was not, I mean, it's never really a fun experience when you're trying to, sp you know, stay six feet apart from people. And yeah, there's the one person in the store that is just not doing that. Uh, you know, you I'll be them everywhere. Yeah, I'll be completely honest with you, John. I, I have actually had my first 
uh, coronavirus nightmare. Oh, ago, and it literally was just going to the grocery store and there just being a massive crowd of people. It's a lot. That's uh, just it's, the world we live in now. I guess. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's it's hard. But I mean, it, the thing is, we were going to do Instacart, but we they are on strike. So we will yep. not support them yep. during this time. We hope I, I am sure they will come to a deal very soon. So that way we we quite literally do not have to leave the house except to walk uh, hashtag Henson the little pup. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, yeah, man, looking looking like the uh, maybe the order to stay indoors will be up uh, by my birthday. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Ooh, may, well, you may. And you know what? If it isn't, that's fine. I don't. I it's uh, I mean, it's still like. Speaking of birthdays, we saw across the street, we saw a bunch of people on bikes, um, a bunch. Of, yes, a bunch of people gathered to sing happy birthday to someone, which I get the sentiment. But also, what are you doing? Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, man. It's really crazy. It like it really is. It's crazy to see how many people are still like out and about. Oh, yeah. Granted, like grocery store. Yeah, we need that. And yeah, it, essential it, stuff. Yes, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I, it kind of leaves me like I'm still, I'm still, you know, kind of still living in the situation. It's, it's, hard, it's, it's interesting. I know, like, it's. Uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, I think I'm like getting too cooped up. But also, this has been my norm for a little while, as I think I've said before. Yeah, it's just interesting it. to see how it affects other people. Just, mm-hmm. It's being cooped up. Um, but I mean. You know, I've got stuff to entertain me. I've got Doctor Who to entertain me. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there literally is a glut of stuff to keep me entertained. Some of it ties into what's making me happy this week. So I'll mention that then. But there's so much between podcasts and shows and, you know, other things that people are just putting out there to keep people entertained through all this. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we let's let's get into uh what's making us happy this week. I, yeah. I I'm going to go first. Please. What is making me happy this week is on Thursday, Lauren and I are going to record the first episode of the Pincroft Pod, which is our new podcast and we yes. it's going to be season-based and our first season is all about baseball movies because Lauren has seen I think quite literally none. And, you know, there isn't going to be, I'm just, I'll say it, there's going to be no baseball season this year. Mm-hmm. And that makes me super sad, but it makes me happy that we're going to be starting a new podcast. We're going to be talking about baseball movies for at least, I think, 10, 12 episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I just got all the music for it. I got all the, I got everything. I'm ready to load that's- it into the board. So that's what's making me happy this week. Yeah. What about you, my friend? Um, a couple of things. A couple of things for making me happy this week. Um, I will, I don't know, I'll start with maybe the more emotional one. Um, yesterday, we decided as a family, it's like, you know what, it's time to just take the training wheels off the kids' bikes. And we figured that they, you know, they just push them around as like push bikes for a little bit. Yeah. To, just kind of get used to the balance and everything. I mean, you know, Perrin's basically eight and a half. Echo is creeping up on nine here. We're like, Training wheels should be over. Right. And I'm not joking you. Within an hour, they were both pedaling around, 
didn't need anyone's help. Oh, that's great. And I, I literally, I took them. We live really close to the high school here in Livermore, and um, they've got a little corner lot, little triangle-shaped lot. Um, we were down there twice today, and they still rode around out front the house in the afternoon. You know, obviously keeping proper distance. Yes. From everyone, um, but like literally, like they had just ducked to water, totally taken to it. I mean, it's still, you know, a little shaky getting used to things, but it's not, you know, here, dad, hold my seat and run behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. So that, that, that's awesome. That's been such a delight as a father to see. Like, I'm so proud of these kids. That's great. <clears throat> that's very other, cool. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so neat. It's so neat. I, I stuck pictures on my Facebook. If you're a friend of mine, go check them out. Um, and, and if not, just imagine it. Um, the other thing that is really awesome, and I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, so if, if I'm repeating myself, forgive me, um, but uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult obviously can't travel right now. Yes. Um, so they have put together, um, if, if you're a patron uh, of theirs and you're in like their Facebook group. So I think it's like $15 a month. Mm -hmm. Totally worth it. Um, <laughs> they have put together, um, like a couple months worth of programming, um, just of different live events and live streams and, um, uh, articles and stuff called paranormal quarantine. Um, and just tonight, like there were so many things happening just tonight. I'm ignoring the fact that Curse of Oak Island is on tonight and, and the new uh, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch starts at 10. Um, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't like, it, it isn't just people like off the ranch talking about the ranch. They have access to the ranch now. Holy crap. Um, and I'm very excited for this. I want to see what 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 develops. But um so, yeah, they just had a live stream just this evening where they are testing out a new prototype God helmet. Oh. Um, yeah. Like, this thing has got about four times the power that the last one did. This thing's got, like, 60, 64 uh, magnetic coils on it. Um, and I saw, like, 90% of the live stream before uh -huh. we started recording. Um, and, dude, it was a trip. Interesting. It was a trip. Like... I don't know, just some of the, the visions and, and the, the I'm going to say, entities uh, that they talked with in this was just weird. Like, seeing entire galaxies connected by this web work, and it's kind of like pulls back, and it's it's an eyeball. Um, like, the universe is alive kind of thing. And this whole stretch about um, Bigfoot being like a multidimensional guardian of the Earth. Ooh. Um, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. And 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 uh, Dana was speaking with this guide um, who just was like ancient, like older than dinosaurs. Ancient. Wow. It was a total trip. It was a total trip. And 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 if you are interested at all by my poor description of it, um, and and if you are in a position to uh, pony up. 15 bucks a month, I would say go check out the Paranormal Museum of the, uh, the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult on Patreon and get into that Facebook group so you can see all these live streams and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So just all that content coming out of there is making me happy because it's just, they're awesome people and I love 
the research they do. And so it's, it's a delight. Huh. Wow. Highly recommend it. All right. Okay. And if you got time to kill, you've heard me say it too many times. Go watch Hellier. Yeah, man. <laughs> Come on now. Go watch it. We, we have to do that. Uh, what do you want to talk about episode? Yes. Yes, we do. We do. We need to schedule. I was thinking this week, but now seven, I are recording on Friday for if memory serves. Mm. Um, yeah, a little bit of delay. My dad had a surgery last week. Yeah. Um, come down for that. Dad's doing well. Good. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're a little behind getting it out, but we're going to be recording it Friday. So next week we can, we can find a time to schedule it. I think. Wonderful. Yeah. We'll figure, we'll figure that out. Definitely. All right. So before we get to the space museum, let us talk about some who news. Yeah, boy, oh boy. It, um, the live rewatch of Rose was such a hit yes. that they have now, what do they called it? Uh, lockdown who? Yes. Lockdown I think it's the yeah. official name for it. And just yesterday they did Vincent and the doctor cause it was Vincent Van Gogh's birthday. Yes. Um, so I've, I've got nothing amazing to share from that. And unfortunately it's actually really hard for me at like 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock, whatever it is now to toss a DVD in my computer while I work. So I kind of miss out on it. I see a bit on Twitter, but I, I, I don't have the ability to kind of just watch while I work or make lunch for the kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got, I think they've got a bunch like scheduled now. And I'm not sure if BBC America is like piggybacking on it or like it's actually the person who originally uh, uh, organized it working with them. But I think they're doing like spy fall part one and two later this week. Oh, cool. Uh, I know the 11th hour is coming up. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's a bunch. I think this is going to be a continuing thing. And it's for, I have to admit for as much as I have complained about how broken fandom is, fandom has really come together Yeah, uh, for these and, and for what's going on in general. And it's been pretty neat to watch. Yeah, you know, I truthfully haven't been I haven't been following along, but I see the retweets come through and people seem mm-hmm. to just be having a a really good time. Also, I feel like didn't Matt Smith join Twitter? Um, didn't like officially join it with his own handle, but was tweeting via like a friend's handle during Vincent and the Doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like oh, I didn't get my own account, but I'm here at my friend's place. <laughs> uh, but but as as part of that as part of all this fandom coming together um um jody whitaker actually donned her her outfit and recorded a supportive message uh for all of us in the role of the doctor probably in her closet at home and darn it we're just all emotional now oh my it's if you guys have not <laughs> seen this yes go out of your way to watch this it's just it's just very cool it is so yeah and I really was honestly, yeah, it, it was, it was what I needed to hear. Yeah. Oh yes, it was. Man. Um, and, and speaking of Jody and chips and being the 13th doctor, um, um, Chris Chibnall has penned a, a very short story, um, about the first thoughts of the 13th doctor as she is falling from the TARDIS. Oh, I, you know what? I have not checked this out yet. I, I, okay. I, I've, I've read it. Um, it's interesting. It's slightly, slightly Douglas Adamsy. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely interesting. Uh, and not only that, but apparently, 
uh, Russell T. Davies had actually written a prequel to Rose. Oh, wow. In 2013. And I think was going to have it published in Doctor Who magazine. Uh huh. Um, but Doctor Who magazine smartly reached out to Moffat because the 50th anniversary special was coming up. And I was like, oh, hey, we've got this from, from Russ here because we're on first name basis. Yes. Magazines say that. Um, if we publish it, is it going to like mess with things? And Moffat had to be like, um, actually, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, don't publish it. Um, and but now it's in the wild, you know. Uh, we, we were able to see basically how Russell T. Davies would have written um, AIDS Regeneration into Nine. <clears throat> oh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, definitely. Gotta check that out uh, too. And not only that, <laughs> go to the show notes for all this, folks. Go yeah, the there's show. a lot of good stuff in the show notes. Um, and unfortunately, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to this. This one I need to go back and listen to. But Russell T. Davis has also written a sequel to Rose, which I think is called Revenge of the Nestine. Oh. Something like that. Um, so, yes. And that that actually, it's I think it's a YouTube video kind of audiobook form. Not terribly, oh. I'm sure. Um, but again, links to all of that in the show notes. Go and check it out because it's just more awesome stuff to consume while we're almost all stuck at home. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of good stuff in the show notes. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So this week we watched the Space Museum starring William Hartnell as the doctor. William Russell as Ian Chester Chesterson. Excuse me. <laughs> Chesterton? Chesterton. Oh, what is happening? I don't know. Jacqueline Hill as Barbara Wright. Maureen O'Brien as Vicky, who I am going to talk about at great length during this oh episode. Oh, boy. In a good way. Okay, good. Because, well, we'll get to it. Uh, Richard Shaw as Lobos and Jeremy Bullock as Tor. 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 It was written by Glenn Jones and directed by Mervyn Pinfield. It first aired April 24th to May 15th, 1965. It is the seventh story of season two, and we have a pretty good amount of story notes brought to us by the yeah. fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. I just, I just have to say, 1965. I, I almost said it. Oh, I wish you had. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so William Hartnell doesn't appear in episode three, The Search, except in the reprise from the previous episode, uh, The Dimensions of Time. Uh, as he was actually on holiday during the week it was recorded. That's hilarious, and I actually do have a note later, which uh, I will. I will. I think I saw it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. In yeah. There. Okay. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, it was actually during the production of the story that Jacqueline Hill decided she was going to leave the series. Oh wow! Yeah. I wonder why that is. Um, I don't know. Interesting. It may have just been like you know what I want to do something else. All right. Or maybe it was, I can't stand the eyebrows on these characters. But oh, we'll get my. <laughs> um, so the first episode, officially called the Space Museum, begins with a brief reprise of the final scene from the Crusade. Now, this clip is currently the only surviving 16 millimeter black and white film footage from that final episode of the Crusade. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep yep talk about missing episodes right yeah um so richard shaw 
um, who normally spoke with a bit of a Cockney accent, was cast as Governor Lobos, mm-hmm. uh, but was asked to deliver his lines in what is referred to actually as BBC English. <laughs> and his accent slips only once when he shouts at an underling to use maximum security. <laughs> yes, you know what? I did notice that. Did you? It almost yeah. sounded like he he forgot the line. I feel like there were a couple spots in this story where it seemed like people like started on one line and then like Hartnell. Yeah. Hartnell. I I, honestly, I think Barbara did at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, Interestingly enough, the incidental music, which I thought was pretty decent in the story was all from stock recordings rather than being specially composed for this story. That's pretty funny. Womp womp. (laughs) Um, In a nice piece of internal continuity, William Russell starts gently banging his fists together as he leaves the TARDIS interior set and then is smart enough to carry this through onto the next scene following a recording break as he walks out of the TARDIS onto the surface set of Xeros. This gives the effect of a continuous piece of action and helps maintain the illusion that the TARDIS interior really is inside the shell of the police box. Oh, nice. That's cool. They're just like, I get it. I mean, you've 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 been on sets and filming and stuff. Yeah. You know, that's a little thing where it's like, you know, you might be like doing some little thing and not really thinking about it as you're walking out of one scene and then you have a break and then you come back and you forget to do it. Yeah. But, you know, William Russell did not get this writer. Glenn Jones later starred in the Santarin experiment. Really? Yes. Yes, short little, short little, like, I think it's a two-part Fourth Doctor story. Mm-hmm. Uh, making him one of five individuals to have both written for and acted in Doctor Who. Oh, the okay. The others being Victor Pemberton, mm-hmm. Derek Sherwin, obviously, not surprisingly, Mark Gatiss. Yes. And Toby Whithouse. Whithouse was in, he was in once a, or twice upon a time, right? Yes, yes. He was he in the played trench. One Yes. Yes. Absolutely correct. Thank you. I was sitting there going like, God, yeah, which place? Oh, that's what it was. Yes. Thank you. And I mean, Gatiss was um, in that one and I think maybe another Gatiss one. Gatiss was in that one. Gatiss was in, I think, the Lazarus Experiment. Yeah. He. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 He was in Lazarus. Yeah. He's, he's the bad he's guy. Been, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and lastly, but not leastly tonight, the, these four episodes were produced at the same time that the feature film, Dr. Who's <laughs> production. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That's right. The Peter Cushing doctor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who is still not canon, I guess, but could be. Is he canon? Did they show him? Um. No. No, I don't think they did. I really wish they had. That would have been fun. Yeah. You know who does an amazing impersonation of the Cushing doctor? Who? Michael Nixon over on uh, Game of Rascal. Oh, yeah? He does such a good <laughs> Cushing doctor. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, that's good great. stuff. All right, before we, we get into the episode, Taylor, you have a world-famous synopsis for us, so take it away. I do indeed. The Doctor, Ian, Barbara, and Vicky land on Zeros and find themselves quite literally, no, really, they find themselves and the TARDIS in a museum. <laughs> what follows is a veritable treatise on one of the most famous time travel tropes of all time. If you go into the past... Can you change the outcome, or are you already part of what's destined to happen? And all this because a little tube hadn't warmed up yet. Man, um, 
right. Okay. So overall feelings, I, yeah. I enjoyed this and I, I, you know, nothing against the Hartnell era. I couldn't believe this was a Hartnell era story. Does that make sense? Okay. I it just um, like the, the first part is just like so bonkers crazy. And then just the setup of, you know, them thinking we have to do every step we take now could lead us to mm, what we saw mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. I just thought it was insane to me. It was, it, you know, like I think with, with Hartnell era stuff that we've watched, I'm used to like slow pacing, which I don't mm-hmm. think this story had. Yeah, um, I, I feel like there was a little bit, but right. part of that might just be, this is how TV was produced in the sixties. Yeah. And we're not from the sixties. So we're not used to TV that goes at that rate. Yeah. And I mean, that's what it comes down to. There was, um, oh boy, what else, what else did I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was about this where I, I was just like, this story seems very, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to say it seems very advanced for a Hartnell era story. I think it's because it does, like a lot of the Hartnell stuff we've seen has included more history based things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why maybe I was taken by surprise at the depth of the story. No, I think that's a good point because this, I, I found this fairly fun overall it's it's got a neat concept it's got decent action but but that's what it is it's the concept you're dealing with a rather abstract idea you know and and they really they really kind of grapple with it there's none of this like third doctor oh we're, we're just going to charge off this way well why doctor i'll explain later we don't have time you know we don't yeah. have that they 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 really kind of you know struggle with well, are we doing this because this is what we're this is what we were doing that led to us becoming museum pieces, or are we actually changing stuff? Yeah, and they you don't know, know. They don't know. That's exactly right. And <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, you know, none of us would know no. in that position, and and that not knowing, I think pretty much to the point where the um, the Xerons get into um, the armory. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get this feeling of like, okay, they they clearly have the upper hand on the Morocks now. Yes. And but even then, you're not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. You're like something could happen. Yeah, we're not to the end of this story. <laughs> no, and 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 much even much like, um, oh gosh, episode right before the time was children. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Whatever that was. Right. Our penultimate episode of season twelve. Yes. There you go. Um, you don't know what's going on, and so you're like. You know, and you don't know exactly where it's going to go. And so yeah. you're like more invested in the story. And you totally get that with Space Museum. Yes, absolutely. I, I will say another thing. I think my MVP of the story is Vicky. Yeah. Uh, I loved Vicky throughout this entire story. I think this might be one of the first or second times that we have reviewed an episode with Vicky. It could even be I, the first. I'm pretty sure it's the first. Uh, I really enjoy Vicky. I hope this is how she is presented at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, I know th- there were, you know, some like, you know, I, I, I don't know. There was some stuff where I was like, okay, I get, I guess. But overall, Vicky was amazing throughout the story. She's basically leading a revolution. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just reprogramming future tech. So, I mean, I'm down with it. Yeah. Vicky Pallister, she's supposed to be, as her character, she's supposed to be 16, um, orphaned her parents are killed in, in the story where she's introduced and she's from the 25th century oh okay and for what it's worth she also thinks daleks look friendly so uh, yeah what? 
She what? seems she seems pretty. Uh, I mean, we're kind of jumping all we're past overall feelings at this point, but yes. she she's very fearless. It seems. Yeah, and I think that's definitely true. I almost wonder if like be, being put in this situation, it's just like, well, I don't know if anything I do is going to change what happens, but I, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think she's following a, you know, this she she's following her moral compass. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I love when she she's like, I got to go get my friends and tell them what's happening. And she just gives him the gun back after he says, oh, you take the gun. And she's like, well, or wait, does he say, well, he'll they'll know where you got the gun from? Yes. Yeah. And then she just goes, all right. And she just gives him the gun. He's like, I'm she's like, I'm going to get my friends. You can't mm-hmm. do anything about it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Vicky was overall uh, very enjoyable throughout this. Despite like there being, you know, the obvious problematic first doctor stuff where he's like, oh, yes, child. And like pats her on the head. And, yes, please go get me a glass of water. Yes. Oh, yes. Go get me a glass of water. Let's talk about this water dispenser. It's crazy. It, it takes water. forever. It takes forever. I think this might be Doctor Who's closest thing we get to like like a Star Trek replicator. Yeah, I guess. But it's all like push buttons and dials and, <laughs> you know, analog needles. Well, I mean, apparently the the TARDIS at this point wasn't transistorized. It still had tubes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this uh, right off the bat, we get like a weird kind of thing where Vicky drops the glass and then it uh, unbreaks and goes back into her hand unbreak my glass um yeah no that's absolutely and that's that's kind of our first clue well maybe our second clue actually that that something is not quite right with time in yes. this story at least to begin with where'd our clothes go like they change and ian is just like why do we have different clothes on all of a sudden i was not wearing these yeah and 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 hartnell kind of has this way of dismissing things this, oh he's very this dismissive big deal your clothes just mystically changed oh oh, it's nothing my boy yeah it's um he's he's very dismissed let's talk about let's talk about william hartnell in this episode at some point he almost has a very like yoda-esque kind of like (laughs) you know like Walking around being like an an old magician-y guy, being like, oh, yes. I did this. It's yes. very, it's very strange, especially because of all of the knowledge he has. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I will say once again, the first episode is a completely sets up the next three episodes, which is great because I love the first episode where they're basically just walking around wondering why they're not leaving footprints or no one can hear them or see them or why they can't touch anything. Right. And, and for nine, I mean, remember this is 1965, the visual effect of their hand through this is really, really well done. It is. It's very well done. I actually really, really like those. uh, I think when Hartnell steps, he tries to step into the TARDIS and just kind of, you know, I love that too. I thought that was fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all of that was really good. Um, but Hartnell himself, yeah, in episode four, because he wasn't really in episode three, when Ian rescues him 
and they both are facing off with the Morocks. Yeah. It, it, oh my God. I don't know if this was just like, like a tick that like Hartnell naturally had, or if this was just how he portrayed the doctor all the time, but the hums. Yeah. The hums. Like it was like every three, it, it was, it was Shatnerian, <laughs> uh, but, but hums instead of dramatic pauses, just like every few words. Yeah. It became incessant. It became irritating. He was just very, I have a note somewhere down here. But you described it as being kind of Yoda-esque. Yoda-esque. Perfect. I think that's perfect. Where like when he's being interrogated and he's just like, <laughs> like showing him like images of seals and he's like, how did you get here? Oh. And it's like one of those ridiculous looking old bikes. Yes. Yes. A big uh, um, uh, penny. Oh, I don't know what it's called. Penny farthing, penny whistler, penny. I don't know what it is, but I know what you're talking about. Giant, giant front wheel, little tiny back wheel. But he's being like everything that he knows, setting up that they are on display in the space museum, and then they are put into the scenario, which will maybe actually ha see them be in the space museum. Mm -hmm. He is super boisterous this entire time. Yeah. Like, this is not a great situation to be in. You've seen the future. You've gotten a kind of heads up, and... He's kind of just like there's a there's that part where he's being interrogated and he's just not really just not really seem to be taking it all that seriously. No, he's not. Which is so weird. It's just a weird weird thing. And I I, I will this I would you classify this as a doctor light or did was there enough doctor in one, two, and four for it to be because I didn't even I think I didn't realize that he wasn't in episode three until I think we only had four minutes left in the episode. I went, oh uh, yeah, he uh, hasn't been in this. Yeah, no, I don't know that I call it Doctor Light. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's a it's a it's a fair question because he's gone for an entire episode because well, I guess holidays. Sure. Yeah. Um. But no, I, 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 he's, he's in enough of it and he is, I mean, especially in episode four, driving enough to the action where yes. I would consider the Dr. Light story. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, with, with, with Hartnell not being in episode three, the companions have to pick up a lot of the slack and do they ever, mm -hmm. this is, this is some great companioning we're seeing here. Uh, Ian is, I, I dare I say, I have a question here. D is Ian the original Duggan? I'm, I'm going to say no to that. Okay. Just more <laughs> and, intelligent and it, is what I have. Well, it, that I can see, um, you know, Duggan is definitely a character who is like, I'm going to try to get some information out of you and then I'm going to punch you anyway. Yes. E I don't think Ian tends to the punching that quickly or the smashing of things that quickly he clearly can do it oh yes i mean he he kind of baits that guard into uh get getting his gun from him and beating him up and then i mean when he captures the other guard and he the guard's like don't kill me and ian says that depends on you and i was like oh my goodness right yeah ian was was on one in this as soon as the doctor's gone he's like i have to find the doctor and i will find the doctor at all costs and I did find it interesting that the doctor didn't really seem to care that Ian was waving a gun around. 
Uh, no, yeah, we don't. We don't really get that that more heavy handed. <clears throat> no know, guns, yeah. No guns, no weaponry thing that we're we're used to for most of the other doctors. Um, but what can you say? I mean, it was it was the mid sixties. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I know Ian, I mean, really, I was, I've been so used to the stories that I've seen him in where he's not quite so much a man of action. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's a science teacher. Yeah. I feel like we have not, uh, on this show, we have not reviewed a lot of first doctor stuff, but we've seen Ian a couple of times <clears throat> and I have never seen him be so gung ho, like fighting, a bunch of guards stealing guns, telling telling a guy that it depends on you if I murder you or not. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's crazy. Basically holding people at gunpoint telling them to reverse the process that they've done to the doctor. Yeah, and and the doctor warms up surprisingly quickly. I yes. mean, for pacing, thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you for pacing. Could you imagine? It's like a five-parter and like half of it is him just thawing. Like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that would that would definitely happen for sure. <laughs> um, man, I just have a note that says this is this is an insane story. Well, we, I mean, let's be honest. We get the first doctor hiding inside a Dalek casing at one point. Yes, and then when he comes out, he's like, oh, "Yes." It's just so. <laughs> there's a lot of like weird laughing moments, and I mean, again, he's antagonizing this dude who he knows captures and puts him on display in a museum. Yeah. I mean, that's you got to admit, that's a pretty ballsy move. It is. And uh, it technically didn't. Well, I mean, in the end it worked for him, but technically at the time it didn't. Yeah, it did not. This Dalek looks friendly. (laughs) I mean, this was such a trip just to go through in the first episode where people are talking, but they're not saying you can't hear what they're saying. It's just like, Mm -hmm. what is going on? And then you see them all in the cases, and then we're just... Oh, there's a scene. I think it's at the end of episode one. That, oh, before he says, they've gone and we've arrived, which is a great line. Oh, yeah. To end an episode on. A lot of great uh, cliffhangers going on here. I, I don't know. I'm I'm going to say that the, the end of episode three is horribly dull. Oh, when he just says, doctor? Yeah, and, it, and it, there's not even like... A big expression, like an expression of shock on Ian's face, oh. is just "Doctor." <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Ooh, you know, yeah, okay. Um, but th- there's that scene where the doctor is talking to Team Team Tardis about how they haven't arrived yet, mm-hmm. and it's a just a big back and forth scene between them all. And I'm was literally just getting flashbacks of that scene in Spaceballs. When it's like, we're, we're it now, now. What happened to then? It passed. When? Just now. That's yes. <laughs> that entire scene. I was just like, well, yeah, all right. I guess I, I'm following it. Oh, my gosh. But yes. it was it was funny. That's when I was like, man, this is insane. I Yes. I, I, oh, to think the Doctor Who had its Spaceballs moment so early. Yeah, I know. It's it's uh, it's great. And in, in episode two, there was like a lot of like ridiculous funny things when they they're like all right well let's walk through the museum we remember everything which way are we going and no one will admit that they don't remember which way they were walking when they were ghosts exactly and at least barbara has the sense to basically encapsulate all of doctor who before 
all of Doctor Who had even happened by saying all the doors and corridors are exactly alike. <laughs> yes, that's very yes, that's great. There, there is the alternate title for the entirety of Doctor Who. <laughs> they all look the same. Um, I mean, we haven't even really spoken about our our baddies here, led by Lobos. Lobos and the absolute state. We're talking about costumes now. This is what we're doing. Okay, because I, I have to say that haircuts, Taylor. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. All right. The Some absolute state. I feel like at least every time we watch a classic episode, one of my costume design notes starts with the absolute state. And once again, the absolute state of these Morok haircuts. Yes. That was my first note under costume. The hairdos on these guys, ultimate widow's peak. Oh my dude, it's ridiculous. It it, it really is. But at one point, <clears throat> it kind of occurred to me that the Morocks might be in some strange way related to the Peladonians. If you remember the people from the Curse of Peladon, they also had pretty crazy hair with some pretty strong widow peak game going on. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look it up here. Look this up real quick because um, at one point, and I, I may be thinking of Governor Lobos here. I almost thought he was played by John C. Riley looking at his hair. <laughs> I'm looking. Uh huh. Why don't I? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. There's a, there's a reaction. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, there's a little. Just I mean, a great, little bit. Black and white ones in color, you know. And I mean, these these hairstyles are to the extreme of that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I guess the the hair and makeup department was like, you know what? These Morak haircuts, they look all right. But do you know what these these Zerons need? Crazy eyebrows. Just yes. These, now, did oof. they shave their original eyebrows off and put these ones on? Or was it a double eyebrow situation? I, I have no idea. I didn't see anything in TARDIS Wikia. That may have suggested that the actors had their eyebrows shaved, and these these I don't even know what to what call. What are these? I, it's slightly well, gangster ones, kind of drawn on. It's bad. There there are some <clears throat> culturally inappropriate connections that I'm making just in how they're drawn that I'm not going to say out loud because that would be rude. Yeah, they're not. It's not great. It doesn't look good. Uh, no, it doesn't. But, you know, maybe the Zerons are just surprised a lot. Um, it's so weird. They also, the, the Zerons are basically dressed like every techie from a stage production I did in high school. All in black. All black. They're ready. Yeah. They're ready to tech let's, your show. Let's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All they need are headsets. Mm -hmm. Um Let's make note that our, our rebels, uh, the Xerons, the original inhabitants of this planet who are now a slave race, are in black. Our Moroks, who are the villains, are in white. Yes. Um, you know, we have a very, very simply laid out yet inverted uh, visual dichotomy of their um, roles and their outfits. Yes. And I uh, called... Uh... In my notes, uh, Sita, Tor, and Daco, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> uh, Daco? Okay, okay, because I kept hearing Darko, and I'm like... Yes. Donnie? No, really? it, 
in TARDIS Wikia, he's listed as Daco. So oh, maybe okay. it could be Darko, but I think Daco sounds a little more on point here. It just might have just been my ears while I was listening to the episodes and, and watching. So we we are introduced to Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and <laughs> they take the doctor prisoner, and then the doctor promptly pulls a fast one on them, which is hilarious. Yes. I love yes. that. He gets God and then gets the jump on these teen rebels. And that's when he gets into the Dalek and he goes, hoo <laughs> Yeah. Just starts giggling like a there's actually a really good still when you look when you uh when you Google Space Museum Doctor Who. Yeah. And it's just of the doctor popping out of the <laughs> of oh, the Dalek. Excellent. And he just looks so so pleased with himself. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Oh, someone has this is funny. Uh, as I look, someone oh, has yes. has put a have you are you seeing this? I'm seeing this. Wow, did we click on the same thing of the silence? Oh, I see that now. Yeah. Yes, I was looking for the 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 rather pleased picture of Hartnell. Yeah, someone has put uh photoshopped the silence into the space museum, which is fun. Oh, that's hilarious. You know, just another fun thing here. Oh, and there's a colorized version of the Doctor popping. <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, yes. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, uh, let's see here. here. So Doctor gets away. Uh, I do love the resourcefulness of this trio of companions where Ian is like, oh, we need to leave a trail behind so we stop walking around in circles. Mm-hmm. And then I think, does Barbara say, well, won't, or was it, um, is it Vicky? I can't remember. One of them says, well, won't they be able to find us if we do that? And he goes, look, they're going to get us anyway. We should at least try to find a way out before that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Love I'm it. pretty sure that's Vicky. He tries to rip a cardigan open with his mouth. <laughs> like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> I also love that Lobos tells the doctor about the, uh, He's like, oh, anytime I mention something to you, I can see what you're really thinking inside your head. And I'm like, that's a really bad idea that you told him that. Right. And we now have confirmation that the doctor is half seal as well. Because he <laughs> asks him where he's from and he just shows him a bunch of seals. I'm from Pier 39. Where's that uh, that fanfic? God. Is that Probably a part of season somewhere. season six B or whatever it's called? Yes. How did you know? When he he becomes a seal, he finds his seal family. <laughs> anyway, but of course it's it's all written in seal, so it's very difficult. To yes, read. which is actually high Gallifreyan. Yes. How did you know? Uh, I just I'm writing it as I go along, and I'll That's be mad cool. when it doesn't oh. come true. Good heavens. I'm still, of course, on my Google image search as we're discussing this. And here is this amazing picture of Ian Chesterton tearing at this cardigan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, and it's too small a picture to use as our cover art. No. Sad now. Man. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, Ian is just a delight throughout this. Just totally ripping that guard a new one. And then he just beats the crap out of him mm-hmm. he beats up several guards i feel well yeah he's got like two of them on him at one time and he does the whole like you know knock him back and explode out of uh uh the tussle yeah yeah um, which is always such a 
kick butt move. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, we mentioned the Morox took over the Xeron's planet to make it a museum, which is a weird thing, I guess. But also, it's I guess it's for their conquests. Yes. Which means they've defeated the Daleks, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Or defeated a Dalek. Yeah. Or, you know, came across one at a... At a, a, a garage sale. sale. Garage sale. A space garage sale. Yep. Uh, I love Vicky. Vicky's like, look, man, we got to I want to lead this revolution. So they go to the armory. And I love <laughs> I love that the Xerons just beat the hell out of this Morok guard. Just like they destroy him. And then they go, well, this is the armory, Vicky. <laughs> and there's just a, a, a beat up, passed out dude on the floor. And she's like, wow. I thought that was very funny that it was just like violence and then switch to, well, here we are at the armory. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we get Vicky, you know, being the technical wizard she apparently is, which I thought was really cool. Totally. Um, you know, I think part three for Barbara, there was just a lot of coughing going on. Oh, my gosh. See, now this is one of those um, pacing issues that, I had it literally took like the entire episode to try and get out of this gas, which is supposed to be really deadly. Yeah. And you know, she's covering her mouth and coughing and trying to get this, this other Xeron out to safety and then stops to take the cloth off her face to deliver her line. Yes. And then keep coughing away. Yeah. And then like everybody's coughing and it's just like a whole, there's like a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. A lot, lot of coughing. A lot of coughing. And that sucks because I feel like we could have given Barbara something more to do than, you know, cough her way through an entire episode. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it still, I think, in a lot of ways, um, highlights the difficulty of writing for three companions. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been, uh, we've seen that in recent seasons mm-hmm. with um with Yaz. Yeah. Or it's just exactly. like and Yaz is here and it's just like okay. But yeah. I mean clearly they you know they got their footing on that and they they they're making it work now for how long that will be we'll see but maybe we uh maybe that happens here but we'll we'll I mean we will get <laughs> who knows however long this this uh shelter in place stays we might finish out Doctor Who by the end of the year. <laughs> it's gonna feel that way because what uh march alone we're on the last day of march march i think has been about 80 years long yes it seems that way somebody i think tweeted uh two weeks ago last month was the halftime show with shakira and jennifer lopez and i went no i didn't need to hear that (laughs) (laughs) i just actually i just uh just this evening saw (laughs) Saw a post on Twitter and it says, you know, March 1st. And here's this picture of like baby Elmer Fudd from yes. like a like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh-huh. March 31st. And, and here's like like a real. Oh, you just tweeted it. I, I just retweeted it. Yeah. And it's old Elmer Fudd and old bugs. Kind of yes. Talking. I'm like, yep. That's been this month. Wow. Yep. This is uh, this is great. And it little, will get its one It'll get its 100th re- retweet from me. Ah, uh, hooray. There you go. Um, 
yeah, so we have Ian on the search for the doctor. We have Vicky trying to lead the revolution. We have we have poor Barbara who is just like probably is her lungs are just all messed up now because all this yeah. smoke. This, see, this is this is what made her go. You know what? I'm not down with this show. I, you know what? That could be it. it She's might. reading the script and it's just like, and then Barbara coughs some more. She's like, all right, I'm out of here. You know what would be a really kind of crazy deep cut shirt design mm. that may, maybe we have to do along with like these six other ones that we've come up with? Yes. Um, a Che Guevara type t-shirt, but it's Vicky. Oh. <laughs> Vicky, leader of the revolution. Yes. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Only uh, comes in red, and yes. it's only printed in black. So, sorry, folks. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I would love that. So okay. so we have our companions doing all, all of the, uh, the separate things they're doing. Ian eventually gets to the doctor. Yes. He has them reverse the, the polarity. polarity of the neutron flow process. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... It, it, Vicky's leading the revolution. Everything looks like it's going pretty good. And then uh, it, it, oh, I, uh, another great line Vicky has, like she's, she's giving up the gun cause she's going to go save her friends and she doesn't really mm-hmm. care what happens. And she says, whatever I do may be wrong, which I thought she, she says that to people who don't know what's going on. So they're just like, huh? But we know we're like, oh my, that, wow. That's very deep very deep uh the doctor's been revived and the entire time apparently he was just frozen but his brain was working oh yes that whole that whole part was just weird yes where he's like oh i think i've answered the questions and yes mm, yes i don't mm, know mm, quite I'm on the pelt some more mm, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. um and then it, it kind of looks like we're going towards everybody's g- going to that the the final scene or the first scene where you know we see them all or the first episode where we see them all on display. Yeah, but it looks like uh, everything's gonna be okay because yeah, we're kind of all pondering at one point. We're all in the same room. We've been captured. We're all pondering what what is about to happen about what we should and shouldn't have done. And and Vicky's like, well, uh, it hasn't happened yet. And the doctor's like, oh, yeah, she's totally right. And then kind of like weirdly pats her on the cheek. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess I get it. At least at least you're giving her credit. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it works out in the end, basically. And, and but and, and that's that's. That's at the same time the great thing about this episode. I mean, yes, we will obviously poke fun at some stuff and and have some issues with stuff, but it really is. It's still very high concept. Yes. Of, are we doing the right thing? Are we changing history? And and just at some point going, look, I don't flip and know. I just have to do what I think is right. Yeah. Um, Which is and, great, and that is yeah. pretty much the you know that is Doctor Who in a nutshell. Very true. And and I love that we have a story where we we get to a point where it looks like and it and and has been written in a way where it looks like we get everyone in position where oh boy. Oh yeah. They could all end up as museum pieces. Yep. At this point. How are they gonna get out of it? 
Well, they do. And, and, and they do, which is which is fine. But but, you know, I always like to look at especially these much older stories um, as to what it must have been like to watch it in 1965. Oh, yeah. It must have been a nerve you know, wracking. <laughs> totally. You know, because we don't have all this establishment of like, you know, I mean, watching Doctor Who nowadays, it's like, oh, yes, this is exciting. This is great. But of uh, of course, the doctor's going to save the day. Of yes. course, he's going to get out of this. Um, and, you know, here it is. The show's in its second year. Yeah. Two. You know, there's almost more of this feeling of anything could happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so to have a story written in this way where it is so up in the air for so much of the story. Yeah. And with, again, such a high concept kind of abstract thinking. It's brilliant. I love it. I do too. It's, it's man, what a, what a, yeah. High concept. All the companions, uh, most of the companions are doing like really cool stuff. Um, especially Vicky. Vicky, mm-hmm. Vicky's my MVP of this story. Yeah, for sure. Um, mainly because like she's getting everything right and no one's believing her, which is so annoying where she's like, I bet he was kidnapped when she's talking about the doctor and, and Ian's like, don't be ridiculous. And she kind of just rests her head on the gun, which I thought was very funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if someone told her to do that or not, but I was like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of wondering because I didn't know where we were in Vicky's storyline. I was kind of wondering if she was going to stay with Tor. You know, there is a little bit of that vibe. In fact, well, like that the vibe album. is there. That vibe is definitely there because, like, even in in the last episode when they're saying their goodbyes, yes, um, and and Tor and Vicky are saying goodbye. There is there is literally a moment because I was watching that episode at lunch today, um, where I'm like, they're totally gonna kiss, yeah, and 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 nope, quite the opposite. She turns around, she goes to the door of the TARDIS, she does a very awkward wave. Yes, they both do very waving. awkward waves. She's like waving up at the sky. Yes. But looking at him. It's so weird. I don't understand it. I don't either. People of the 60s, is that how you used to say goodbye to one another? I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> but, I mean, overall, I thought this story was a lot of fun. The Doctor at some points made some weird decisions, just like, you know, the the weight of what's happening, and you're showing this dude seals. Um mm-hmm. And like laughing at him, La- just not answering questions and laughing at him. Yeah, which is just, just like being a complete trickster. Yeah, I'm like, what are we doing right now? This is so weird. But yeah, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the story. Uh, Daleks show up at the end because I forgot we do the. Uh, this is what's going to happen next week, yes. which is great. I love it. Yes, uh, and I loved the whole like, here's space. We're zooming in on yes. probably Scaro. You know, I enjoyed all of that. I, I, you know, a couple more things, because I know we're wrapping up here. I know we want to talk about some Duggan stuff, and I know we got to do behind the couch. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. But but the 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 very, I think it's the very first time we see a couple of the Morocks guarding the TARDIS, and then, like, their superior comes walking up, oh. and he's like, he, yeah, he's like all drama. Yes. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm getting, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he 
like he belongs on the idiot's lantern oh my goodness i think i got some chad vibes off him that's just very saying. funny because he's just like Ugh, yeah. what are we doing what is yes. this yes and then i love when his superior comes he like runs down his his subordinate he's like why didn't you bring the things to mm-hmm. open it up yeah and he's just like oh geez this is so annoying no, it, it, it totally is. And I love at one point, I think Lobos is talking with one of his subordinates over that cool, awesome retro radio that he's got on his desk. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, this is going on. And that's going on. And then he just totally gets attacked. And it's just like, ah. <laughs> oh, oh my- yes. <laughs> it's when it's when uh, the revolution is happening. Yes. And he's like, oh, I mean, yes. they got the guns from the thing. They're all gone. Oh well, no, and- I'm dead now. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. And it's and it really is. It's it's so telling that it's like, okay, prep prep the private ship. We're bailing. We're getting the hell out of yeah. here. Yeah. Like, oh, I see how it is. <laughs> I see how it is. All right. Let's um let's let's hit the first button because we got some smashing to talk about. We do. I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's time for the double scale. Ian, 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 oh just boy. laying it down for the people in this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, praying to the patron saint <laughs> of Duggan. Duggan, give me strength to punch these men in the face and threaten to kill others with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna where are we uh we're gonna take the the scene where he takes on two two dudes at once okay yeah because that that's the one that inspired me to put the note of my like, hey we better dug and scale this yeah i mean ian man just like i said just putting it down i'm gonna i'll, I'll give this uh i mean it, I, it might be a little biased because of the other stuff that happens because there's a lot of a lot of ian just destroying fools in this i'm gonna give it a i'll give it a six and a half okay i think ian deserves a six and a half he was a really take charge kind of guy uh had a plan but also uh you know tried to see it through as best he could he i mean he succeeded in all of his his smashings except when he got hit upside the head when i mean apparently the doctor and him forgot that this is a highly guarded museum (laughs) <laughs> but what are you thinking? I'm going six and I, a half. I was, I, I was in, I was in the neighborhood. I was giving it a solid seven. All right. Okay. Um, I just, I literally that, I think that was the one scene in this entire story that I had to run back to, to see again. Yeah. As, as he gets jumped and tussles with him and then throws them both off. Yes. Ugh, love it. Um, you know, that just that, I don't know if it's technically a trope, you know, where you, you basically get dogpiled by a couple of guys. Oh, I and then th- yeah. throw them off triumphant. Oh, you know? it's, it's I mean, definitely a trope. I mean, it happens okay. in it happens in comics, it happens in movies, it happens in yeah. you know, television. Okay. Happens in all sorts of media. So <clears throat> So as as I think even as a trope, I have this appreciation of it. There is that that feeling that the audience gets of ah, the good guy's triumphant, so Solid seven. All right. And then I'm going to push Zia the button. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the close scale. (laughs) 
maniacal laugh. Uh, and the terror version of the Doctor Who theme. My, still my favorite. Still my favorite. <laughs> so what are, what are we thinking here? I don't recall anything being too spooky here. Look, I, I don't think it was scary at all. Um, and even when the revolution happens in episode four, I mean, yeah, people are getting shot, but by like flashbulb guns. Which, I mean, cool effect. We didn't mention it. Yeah. I mean, but, it, yeah. We, don't, we don't even get like, you know, drawn on laser rays. No. There's, there's a quote unquote bloodless revolution because, <laughs> well, use any. Yes. Um, I, I don't, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it was scary at all. Um, there are maybe aspects of the pacing again because this is just such a an old serial yes that i wonder how the kids would handle i wonder if they just kind of get bored as you know barbara spending an entire episode trying to get away from the gas yes <laughs> uh, but I, I i could be totally wrong i mean they they might be like oh you know they might get so intrigued by the first part where they are basically ghosts time ghosts yes time space ghosts Space ghosts, coasts, coast, ghost. Coast. Yes, yes, you knew where I was going. Good man, good man. Yeah. Um, and be like, hey, this is this is weird. What's going on? What is you know what's happening? And and, and get more pulled into it by that. I just you know it's it's tough to say. They might go, why is this all in black and white, Dad? Why? I don't. I don't understand. Uh, uh, I will also say, I just before we before we talk about what we're gonna talk about next week, I love I have a quote from the doctor, and he and it says, "I think you're all going to be delighted. I'm going to come up with the answer." Yes, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Just like, oh my goodness, what? I swear, the lines, even even in really early Who, were just hilarious. Yeah, and that was one of them. Oh, so, definitely. next week, next time, which is next week, because we're still doing weekly. We're still trucking along here in the wilderness year. This is a, ugh. Hopefully God, not. Me, Hopefully like this, not. This whole month has been a wilderness year. <laughs> yes, it has. This entire month. Uh, we're going to watch Paradise Towers, starring Sylvester McCoy in as the Doctor, and uh, Bonnie Langford as Mel. It was written by Stephen Wyatt and directed by Nicholas Mallet. Uh, we're going to, and I mean, I guess spoilers, we're just going to close out the seventh doctor. Yeah. We, we realized this evening, we only have two seventh doctor stories left to go. So next week and the week after we're going to do that. And then, uh, you know, the only time we will, we will review seventh doctor from now on, will have to be big finisher comics, which is, which yeah. is great. So, I mean, there you go. There are good seventh doctor big finishes out there. Oh, yes, there are many very good ones. All right. So you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica and rate and review us as well. And also subscribe to us on SoundCloud soundcloud.com slash the n-o-t-l-g and again in lieu of everything that is going on if you want to support us patreon.com slash n-o-t-l-g anything you want to donate monetarily would be great but support your friends who make art yeah if that's us great if it's somebody else even better you know tip the pizza guy a little extra tip your pizza guys if and when instacart um, they reach a deal and they are off strike. Tip them more than you would. 
Yeah. Buy uh, from your favorite local restaurant. And local comic book stores, especially. There you and go. Once it's all over, go help them out because they are going to need it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, maybe some local comic book stores are doing, check your local comic book store and be like, hey, are you guys doing uh, curbside pickup? Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Get those sleeves and throw them into my car window as I drive by. <laughs> Put some extra cardboard backings in there, weigh them down so they'll get in my car fine. But yeah, uh, in all serious, support your local businesses, support your friends that make art, whatever kind of art it is. And I, I will get through this Yep. in September. Oh. Wake me up. Wait. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, everyone. So we'll talk to you guys next week when we talk about Paradise Towers and uh, stay safe out there. Definitely stay safe. When it's like, <laughs> we're, we're it now, now. What happened then? It passed when? Just now.